do the clap? Yep. Okay, here we are, week we're back. Episode four. This is exciting. Episode four. This is good. This is good. And today is July eleventh. Summer man. And Jack and I are back at school, and we are teaching the new marchers at Concord Marching Minutemen. We are. We're with the new marchers, and the upperclassmen can voluntarily come in to help mentor said new students. So, what's that look like this week, Jack? Well, Steve. I don't know why I just said I don't it like that. That, 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 that. We are going from 8.30 a.m. to noon, and we're going Monday through Friday. And we are, you and me, along with the director of music here, Scott Spradling, the three of us mm -hmm. are working with all of our um, woodwinds and brass members. Our color guard director is with his kids, I think they're going, they go 8 to noon, 8.30 to noon? 8.30 to noon. His name's Ryan Prebis. Ryan Prebis. And then Matt Allman, our percussion director, is with his kids, 9 to 4. They're doing a full band camp. So in our neck of the woods, we're teaching these new students how to stand, how to hold an instrument, how to move their feet, and we're working a little bit and revisiting some things with playing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of... What's nice about this week is that it's student-led. And you and I have talked about that this week is probably as important for the returning members that are choosing to come as it is for the new mem new members. Yes. The, um, the Yeah, so the students get to come in on a voluntary basis, right? And so it is a, we just finished day two and we kind of did some wraparound, kind of complimenting the upperclassmen and for some of them, many of them, this is their first time of teaching others in a structured way. It's true. And it's really wonderful to see the students step up into that role because it can be pretty intimidating teaching, let alone your peers. And they're, you know, for what we're working on right now are some basic warm-ups. We're working on our school song, which is called Anchors Away, and then we're also working on a version and arrangement of the national anthem and we each of the brass and woodwinds groups do split up into sectionals and so i do a full warm-up um, in my group we do a lot of modeling and i'll let jack talk a little bit about his but we we do a lot of modeling so f concert have the older students play f concert maybe do a series of three notes followed by a rest and then um, the full group tries it, and then the new marchers try it, and then the upperclassmen try it, and then the full group, and then the new marchers, and trying to do some reps on that. We've also done a couple things where the youngers looked at the upperclassmen as mm -hmm. they played, and just like watched how they moved. You know, if you're if you're not if you're not um, in the marching band scene. And maybe if you're not even in the music scene, but there is a lot of attention paid to how we stand specifically and how we move our instruments and how that looks as we're standing up and how the instrument looks when it's not on our face. So modeling, the students can model for each other and like look at each other. Yes. And um, so I would say it's been very slow, but by, I shouldn't say slow, but like, 
Methodical. Methodical. Good. That we're not we're not ramming through a bunch of notes. Mm -hmm. We're trying to get the horns up at the right time. We're encouraging and reviewing best practices as far as breath control, talking about inhale, exhale, and then talking about notes. And the probably the biggest concept I did today was starting with the um, the low winds first, and then adding the lower mid winds, and then the upper mid winds, and then adding the flutes at the end, and trying to balance down to that group. Hmm. And that's something that we'll do till June 1st. Absolutely. You know, we're just balancing to your neighbor, balancing to the low end of the ensemble. So saying hello to that and just doing a lot of doing a lot of reps of playing F. We're going to keep playing F. We're going to play, play an F. And so that nothing real earth shattering on that, but just helping the new marchers kind of get into that rhythm of what that feels like. Mm -hmm. Right, And to speak to the 7th grade science teacher out there listening, this week is more important to, as Steve said, get the procedures down. Yes, we're rehearsing and we're working with the students, but this is a, an optional camp for the majority of the band. And a lot of the band is going to be here. So the following week, when we have everybody here, we're going to do a lot of reteaching the things we did this week. And this is an opportunity to give the freshmen kind of a head start and get them moving and dust uh, get the dust off for the returning members coming here. But Steve's talking about um, giving a lot of examples of modeling and giving opportunities for that to happen. Um, these freshmen have to stand a different way than they've ever stood. They have to hold their instrument differently. And there's a lot of feeling of self-consciousness as you look around and you can see in their eyes. and giving an opportunity for them to watch and just try and take in as much as they can just visually mm -hmm. is really important for them to be successful. And we find that a lot of the students that are helping the older members try to teach through their words. Mm -hmm. And it usually is more successful when they teach through just showing, Absolutely. literally standing in front of another kid at the correct posture and, and saying, look like me. Yes. And we find that that is successful. And the same goes for the music. Yep. Play it like this. Right. Yes, we'll get into reading notes and rhythms. Mm -hmm. But right now, we're just trying to get the ball moving. Right. And what I did today um, with my students is that I encouraged, or didn't encourage, I told the upperclassmen not to take their music stands and not to take their music. To only read off the younger's music. So if you're playing second or third clarinet, that I wanted the first chair clarinet playing the third clarinet. So they're modeling that, and the the upper the older students will get that later. Mm -hmm. They'll learn that. But to have a good sound model, um, by to play if you're a first alto saxophone, you're playing the second alto saxophone, and you're demonstrating that for a student. And like you said, by doing it, not by not by, not by talking about it. Um, so seventh grade science teacher also we're setting up classroom procedures. Yes. So for as, as an example. Um, when our band comes together, I think Jack and myself have um, kind of gotten to this. We don't, we consciously say, okay, let's get started or stop talking. It's time to rehearse. Like we, we try more often than not, not to say that. We don't, the expectation is that, you know, we may be off, off the podium or, you know, 
conversing with a student whatsoever, but kind of like when you step into that director space, the front of the, the, the focalization of the arc, whatever, you're standing in front and your hands are down and then it's a kind of a call to, we're, we're gonna go, going. We're gonna go. And then we what we call standbys as they stand at a relaxed attention position. And then, so the idea that the rehearsal begins on their time. And they're taking the initiative. They're taking the initiative. Because it's so much more powerful if that comes from them yes. than if it comes from us. Right. And so they, they have a little bit of ownership. Now, we do we have said some things since it's early in the year, like Jack instructed the brass, like we're going to meet in this room, we're going to sit in this, stand in this order, have this kind of music out, and we'll start at standby. Mm -hmm. And which just means we're going to start silent and still. And that's how we want to rehearse. And I told my students to be back in the band room after subsectionals to come back in. You're at standby. And I said, we're going to be at 11.50, we're going to be at standby. Then I said, what time should you be in the room if you want to be ready to go at standby at 11.50? They said, 11.47. Perfect. So the idea that when you show up to a rehearsal or show up to a science lab at 11.50, that's not when you show up. You are there with your materials, you're organized, you got your drink of water, take a breath, and then you're at standby, so then the, the class can proceed 11.50. Exactly. And the hope is that the students will have this become a part of their process and where you like to say process over product. The, the process of how we're getting there, the journey is so much more important than the, the final product. And we know the product will be good, or pretty good, if the process is good. It is true. Right? That's true. And something that we have found success in, in our teaching, is being very clear with those expectations. Mm -hmm. And it helps us be better teachers too. Yes. And it helps us be, have a better mindset and a more positive mindset. Um, and as Steve is alluding to standby, the students just stand still and wait for instructions. It's mm -hmm. kind of the dream, yep. right? And if we tell them, go in and stand standby. I mean, I don't know if, I assume it was the same for me as it was for you today. I walked in, the room's dead silent. They're just staring straight ahead. And that's our reality. Right. which is kind of cool. Right. But we front-loaded that information to them, and so right. they know. Right. And that way, we're not getting on them. We're saying, why are you guys like messing around? Like, come on, we got to get... Right. No, it's, they we took were, care of it. So that's like a, a next level, albeit small step, but that was something that we front-loaded and said, this is our expectation, and let's do that. And we got that going last year, more specifically, mm -hmm and then um, continuing that this year. And you know, you were mentioning like um, how good it feels to see the upperclassmen kind of come back into that and they have that expectation of how we're gonna do things. And so that's like a teaching whoop, yes. win that, and good for them because then they're carrying on that expectation and they internalize that and saying this is what we're doing. So then it doesn't become a confrontational it's um in the word it's not a confrontational like um in the words of uh 
Dana Hall, the jazz director of jazz studies at DePaul University, my alma mater and a world-class drummer, and now the dean of the music school, but says when he has worked with my jazz bands or um, the Concord jazz bands in the past, he talks about them, yeah, the last time we had this collaboration time was two years ago. He talks about it being a collaboration, and which is a wonderful way of saying that we're like in a shared experience. Perfect. So collaboration. And that took us to kind of where we want to go yep, today. today. Same idea. Steve had mentioned at least two episodes ago, I think, um, that we're trying to teach from the inside out. Yes. And you've used that little buzzword as a, a theme for one of your jazz bands. Yes. And you do themes with your jazz bands every year, a little buzzword or yep. buzz phrase to kind of get things moving for the year. And that kind of got me thinking through the last few days that we're trying to set the culture, mm -hmm. set the tone for the year in our ensemble, and right now that's marching band. And we have to do that from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And what I interpreted that to mean from you is intrinsically motivated. Mm -hmm. And as teachers, I feel like we're always chasing that, or we at least know that that's like next level. If we can get our students intrinsically motivated to achieve whatever it is, that's like really high level for them. And looking at a, a large task like marching band, building that with so many people is our journey for this year, inside out. And we've seen um, groups function really well when they have this happen. Your jazz bands are great with that, that they're functioning from the inside out, that they understand the product that they're trying to produce and they push you, they push the others in the group and, and there's this motivational drive forward because of what's going on here. And that's probably easier in a group of 25 compared to a group of 225 to get everyone on the same page. But that's where we're trying to head and that's something that we think is important and wanted to talk about in today's episode. And it starts kind of here for us right now in marching band. So while you and I have similar trajectories on how we get there, I know I kind of have some things I, I talk about now, and I'm sure you have some things that you kind of talk about now with, with your kids. So maybe we can look at this from the beginning. How do you start your kids to get going from the inside out? Wow. That was good. And I hope you guys just listened to that. that was yeah, don't fast forward on this that one. That was a good one. Play this episode on regular speed. That way. <laughs> or listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so, I know you can't see my face unless you're watching a reel, and this happened to make the reel. But the idea, <laughs> I think the, uh, the idea of teaching inside out, um, maybe I could bring a quote or an image to you came across this in a book I read recently and the image was this, the analogy was if you have the dream to build a boat and you told your team or your village you wanted to build a boat the best way to do that is not to buy 
the planks and the hardwares and the screws and the nails and the waterproofing, you don't buy all the supplies and say, build a boat. What you do is you show them the seas, you show them the ocean, you show them the lakes, you show them the streams, and you show them where they can go, what they can see, what they can feel, um, what they can absorb, and where they can go on this boat. So how they can travel that journey. And so it's the idea is that we're using um, the yeah, the building the boat is like really, really important, but also we're building the boat to, to accomplish something, a new experience. So with, with marching band or band or public school or private school or whatever your thing is, the, the idea is I think that first of all, we kind of lock in and we talk about being very intentional about everything that we do so there, there's a lot of analogies you know about are we is it is the journey more important or is the destination more important or is the building the boat more important or is the boat more important but the idea is that you put these tools together so you can journey together somewhere and arrive somewhere different than you would have by yourself and you know who who wants to build a boat just for the sake of building the boat I guess if you're a woodworker, maybe you kind of have that intrigue into it. But the idea is that you're building something. So the idea is, in my mind, if that if I'm in a room of, you know, 50 woodwinds, the idea that we're doing something together and focused and something where everybody's effort level is up, that may feel different than a different part of their school day, and it would feel like special. And I'm not, I'm not not getting on other parts of the school because there's there's pockets of success in every part of the school. For our part of the school or my part of the school, giving the students that success where they're like, that that discipline kind of feels empowering, like yeah. the quietness and the stillness and the the attention to the technical and the physical and the concentration, and then kind of like experiencing that together, the hardships, the blood, sweat, and tears. And then, you know, finding that fatigue or finding that boredom or finding that, oh, not again, but just, you know, doing that process together and you know you can count on your neighbor and you know you can count on your teacher and we're just going to keep on doing this and we're going to build something which is going to be incredible relationships and friendships for the students. And then another product is they're going to be, you know, performing and being emotionally involved in their performances. and that that's a part of where they get to go it's not the only place they get to go in music performance classes but that is certainly one of the places they go and this the building of the mini societies or the baby cultures the mini cultures that we have I would think is very um, uh, very intriguing or very um, um, helpful for them to hold on to those values and to know that they're a part of something that strives to be something more. And they kind of dig the, I don't want to say dryness, but kind of the repetition, right? They the, notice the change. Yeah, they can follow and track their progress, and they yes. can see not only with their achievement, but with their, their effort level right. and their uh, how much they can withstand. Right. 
I want to take it back to the okay. to the quote. Yeah. Teach your don't teach people how to build a boat. I think it said like teach them to yearn for the vast and endless sea. Is that what it was? And we have to be able to know or envision what that fast and endless sea is to us as teachers. Yes. Because you can't take kids there if you don't know where you're going. And I don't, I don't mean the sea literally, but whether you're an art teacher or a science or math, there's all something that we want our kids to achieve that's greater and beyond our content. And being able to envision that and articulate it and see the roadmap on how to get there is part of our job. And you're, you're hinting in, in giving us that imagery of, of your vast and endless sea is this, this synergy mm-hmm. between your kids right. as, you, as you approach that. And I would imagine your kids understand that's where we want to be. You don't talk about trophies in your classroom. You don't talk talk about the judges. Mm-mm. You talk about you talk about the feelings. Yeah, talk about the feelings and the the commitment and and honoring the commitment, and then just coming back day after day and being a part of that. And you know, something as simple as coming in for standby, right? Or the idea that we're going to spend ten minutes on this technical passage, and we're going to use our fingers. We're going to you know, play it on F concert or whatever, but we're going to use this process over and over to try to get to something cleaner. Then that something cleaner makes the band sound better. When the band sounds better, we get a better performance, you know, vibe from the audience. And, you know, it's, it's, it kind of builds on itself. Um, and it's, I, I think the tough thing is, I hinted at this just a little bit yesterday, is that what, like wanting the students to feel like they're, they are really improving at something. And then if they're helping a student, they are really helping. And they're not just putting in time. They're not just doing a 10 minute sectional or a 15 minute sectional. And I saw that today, like with students. That's like, awesome. like I had students that were writing out rhythms on the back of a piece of music and, and breaking down dotted eights and 16th notes. Or, you know, somebody that was just kind of um, showing their fingers on a flute and like what that looks like. And that, you know, they can take those, they're actually teaching their classmates and not just going through something, but they're helping them get better. Yes. Right? Oh, your instrument's not working. Hmm, let me see if I can help you with that. Mr. Peterson, can you look at this? The spring fell off. But they're just being attentive. They want them to achieve, not just to stamp their card. Right, but to a- achieve and, and improve, because they know what it felt like to be yes. that freshman. Because they all were, and they remember standing working with their upperclassmen and figuring it out. And they're excited that that day has come for them. Yes. That they're the ones that get to give. Yes. And in the words of Dr. Tim, mm-hmm. he always talked about that the mm-hmm. the greatest thing you can do is give everything away. And kids are experiencing that today and yesterday and that's why they're going to come back tomorrow thursday friday yes and that's really empowering for them and it's like doubly like enjoyable for us because we're watching our own students begin that process and give it back and you and i really enjoy coaching them along the way and pulling them to the side and saying hey this was really good try this next time yes as you work with her and that's that's what this week's all about yes it is it is
And, you know, how wonderful for a freshman who six weeks ago was in eighth grade, but now they're standing next to a member of the band that two days ago they didn't know. And now they're playing for some, they're playing for an upperclassman, some, a phrase memorized, or they're doing a tuning pitch and they're, they're totally at that. You know, they're like comfortable enough to stand there and not look side to side and feel, you know, uncomfortable. And they're just going for it. And what a great thing to kind of see that passed forward. And it is, it is touching to see like seniors and juniors, especially, and think about, you know, three or four years ago, they were in the same boat, using the boat, but they were there. And now they have more tools and they're more willing to share because they have more tools. And I think that's what we should hope from, I mean, I think that's um, community. And that's inside out. That's inside out. Because they're finding this this gift, this this feeling of of accomplishment and camaraderie when they're working with these other people. And it has nothing, yes, they're achieving notes and rhythms, but it has nothing to do with performance, a playing test. It's about this idea of giving and, and making the group better. Right because of your own talents and your own passion and your own sense of the greater good. Yes. That's really cool. And, and I did get to kind of walk through some of your kids mm -hmm. um, and see some of that. And that's really impressive, especially knowing where those kids come from. It's, yeah. And I think that's like kind of what you hope for your community. Yeah. Like whether that community is your family whether it's a um, place of worship, whether it's just in the civic plaza itself, or you're in government, or whatever your community is, your work community, that you're somehow, the way that you live your life is sharing information and empowering other people, and there is a, a synergy, and there's like something working for the greater good, and not for the paycheck but just for the kind of, as Seth Molnar, Dr. Molnar, I would say, our, our principal, like growing your own people. Growing your people. Growing your people. Um, so, yeah, that is a big part about freshman band, right? It is. New marcher camp is, is yeah, setting those procedures, and hopefully there'll, there'll, there'll be enough there that brings those students back each day and each week. And, and when you think about it like that, that's kind of humbling that people – choose to come back um, and they could be doing a lot of other things in the summer and they choose to come back again and again I'm going to go sideways for a second I want to leave marching band and I want to talk about piano class bum, bum, bum. and Steve and I both teach a piano class here at the high school one semester and we have students who have been playing a band instrument for seven years orchestra, choir, seven years and we have had students come in there who have never read a note, don't know what C is. All ages, experience, levels, everything, right? Mm -hmm. And a class where I think about inside out would be like piano class. Because those kids, maybe they need the fine art credit for the elective and they're checking the box. But some of those kids are just like, oh, piano sounds fun, let's do this. Sign up, right? Okay. So. 
we're not churning out professional pianists in that class you're not clearly (laughs) (laughs) clearly i'm not but there's there's something there that like it's kind of novel but that's like an like almost like an easy like introduction for inside out yes and we we kind of know what the chase feels like as musicians because we've spent many many an hour in a practice room chasing chasing and actually we're back in a practice room right now <laughs> we were we were going to record in our offices because we're at school but the drumline set up shop right, right outside, outside. The <laughs> outside the window so. so we'd start talking and you'd hear so we decided let's move okay get, yeah here we are so back to piano that's like totally easy to get that going because those kids it's it's new it's fun and it's exciting and that's like a easy, easy way to see your your progression. Oh my gosh, right? yes. Whereas marching band, <laughs> you can be, I mean, we have really hard music at, at points in the show. Yes. And there are students, freshmen through seniors, that biff on it until the very last week and they finally figured it, right. figure it out. But in piano, that trajectory is more at a even slope, yes. I would say. Um, so that's that's something that's totally different and i'm thinking about the the seventh grade science teacher who might be listening and maybe you're trying to figure out what your vast c is what that would be and i'm guessing it's probably not that far off from ours and and i'm going to talk about my what i envision my air quote vast c to be but if you're an educator listening, chances are you became or a, a business leader or a business leader because we do have business leaders listening. Yes. But there is probably someone that inspired you to make mm-hmm. you join the the profession that you did. And as an educator, that's probably more true for us because I think if you had bad teachers all your life, you wouldn't. There's no way. You, there's no way you'd want to be a teacher. Unless you just was like, I can, I need to fix this. Unless, yeah, it was the revenge it, tour. Yeah, the revenge. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Edu- public education, the revenge tour. <laughs> That'd be good. Um, but I, I can think of my C that I would like to pass on to my students is more people-centric. Mm. And being in the same room with everybody, and when you all have a, a like mind trying to achieve a common goal that the every moment of failure adds up in a piggy bank and when you finally achieve the bank breaks open mm-hmm. and you can look at all of those moments that you had in common and just and just say wow we achieved this and look at how much look at how much that we put into this and that you come away from that and and that's like your meaning Regardless of whatever you accomplished, so you, the overcoming, yeah, or the 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 stepping onto the next thing and the struggles, all the struggles and all the adversity, and then mixed in with that, these moments of success here and there that you can remember, or moments of joy, moments of humor, moments right. of like sorrow. I mean, that's that's all all there. That all happens, and the the kids, and you and I, especially you, have discovered this that they're. They kind of buy into the Hallmark stuff. Yes. And if there are students listening, if you're a teenager listening to this, we don't we don't throw that stuff out 
that it, it's not hokey to us. No. We don't think it's hokey because we know that it, it's it's real. It's real. And it's hard. And you some, mean by like a Hallmark stuff, you mean things, stories or videos or quotes or imagery or physical gifts yes. that maybe a more cynical side would be like, Correct. that's not worth anything. But we're saying that we believe in the power of the of the metaphor or the motivational video or the quote or whatever. Absolutely. Okay. That we're being sincere in that. We are being sincere and we find that that helps us <laughs> and we find that it helps the students and it gives us like a common language. Cuz we know where we want them to go. They have the they have the GPS. They're they're following the roadmaps, but they don't really understand what's at the destination. Mm-hmm. And it's only when you reach it that you can go, oh, I see. Yes. And that, that's that got to be one of the most important and maybe the most puzzling aspects of our jobs is trying to get this idea of inside out. And I think we have a big advantage because we teach what's called an elective where students are choosing to be here. Choosing to be in. And I, I've never taught seventh grade science, but I imagine that's a different that's a different game plan. Yes. But you can have a vast and endless sea teaching seventh grade science. Yes. And those kids can totally buy in because there are rock star science teachers, there's rock star math teachers mm-hmm. that have those kids just like in the palm of their hands based on what they do. So we should talk about how we get to the the inside out. And you had mentioned some things. Um, I'll kind of go into what I was talking about with my kids mm-hmm. today. We all got in to the our little brass sectional, and they're all silent, ready to go, looking at me. And I imagine you did this at some point, but I thanked them for being there. Mm-hmm. I did too. And we thank the freshmen because they're taking a leap of faith, doing something called yeah. marching band. Yeah. And they're and they came back day two, right? And the upperclassmen are still coming back in a lot of the same faces who will probably be here all week setting those alarms when they don't have to. And I want my students to feel like I see them. Like, you don't have to be here. Like, that's awesome. Like, you came, and it's not even for yourself. Like, this this is for other people that you're coming. That's, we see you. And when they hear that, I hope they know that that's authentic. Like, we're not checking a box by saying that. And that they know that their presence is important, appreciated, but also meaningful to those around them in a teaching, helpful, charismatic way. And starting with that framework that we, as you would say, it's a choice to be here and we don't have to be here, I think empowers them. So that's kind of how I started things. And you know, I'll do my little F concert thing like you do. But I start, I start walking around and I kind of let my personality come out a little bit more. And I don't think I'm incredibly goofy, but I think I have moments of it in the classroom just to keep things moving. But it's still me. And, and I'm like, I'm saying like, guys, like you're onto something here. Like you're chasing something. Like we have moments where we sound like a true ensemble. There's still a couple people stick. See if we can find that. And so it's like, a, I don't want to say game because that's too trivial, but we're, we're giving these glimpses into the pursuit, the chase, the building the boat. And then we have moments where it locks in. And we say, guys, 
That was it. You hit that. Just yeah. for a moment, we were there. And I'm not sure if that little snippet of an in-tune F concert was, if that was the boat being built, or was that the sea? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but there's something there, and I think kids are getting glimpses of that, and then that makes them want to come back for more. And we're, we're choosing to see and acknowledge when they're successful, and we're choosing to throw that back on them because as your master master teacher, uh, Ken Snook, your cooperating teacher would say the um, successes of an ensemble, or in this case classroom, is the direct result of the student's hard work. Right? Oh boy. Where's the... the <laughs> right, no, and, and if there's a failure of a group, that's a direct result of the poor preparation of the teacher. Yeah, lack of planning. Lack of planning. So we gotta make sure that those students know in those moments of success that's on them. They did that. Right. And then they, they saw the boat or they were rowing or they saw the sea and they want to come back. And that, that's like an addicting feeling. And when they do it in a group of people and there's a group of people on the boat or in the sea and can appreciate it together, you're building it, right? You're just, right. it's, yeah. it's cyclical. It is cyclical. Wow, you just hit a lot of stuff there going from um, practical like what we're doing and then what it feels like when we're doing it when we're doing it but then also you kind of talked about like adding a little bit of personal energy or um, a little bit more personality to it and you know maybe a little bit more carrot kind of saying hey this is, we're close you know and putting that out there and having them acknowledge that it's true and it's interesting you bring up this idea of a carrot Sure. Because we're talking about intrinsic, right? Right. But you think of carrots as extrinsic. So but was you that can... bad? Was that bad? I said that. No. Am I am I like cross pollinating my metaphors? No, I think you're good. I think I think that's like a good segue. Okay. Because there can be like intrinsic carrots that we dangle. Right. Because the kids start to throw those carrots out themselves in front of them, right? <sighs> yeah. So that that is interesting. Like we we had talked about this before. And maybe to go along with that, like, so you're talking about these intrinsic ideals that you go over in your classroom and you get excited about it. And then you're hoping and believing that your excitement kind of adds to theirs and they achieve more and then you get more excited. Yes. They, right. So it kind of builds this whole thing. So then it becomes much more wholesome because then it doesn't ever feel like it's like manipulative, like you should do this because I told you to, but it's, we're going to the sea, we're the vast oceans, you know, we're, we're going places and you can kind of get those um, warm fuzzies by doing something together or doing something correctly. And the procedures and the expectations that you set in place are not, they're not handcuffs, they're not ties, they're kind of accelerators yes. to, to kind of help you get to a further place on the sea. Yes. Right? They're not oppressive. Now, when we were talking about this, like doing this episode yesterday, you had mentioned like maybe the, the devil's advocate or the, as we called affectionately, the root beer stand back in there. Remember the root beer stand? The root beer stand is like, <laughs> that is, you're just doing that because you just want the kids to be good so you can look good and you know that's all smoke and mirrors and like 
That doesn't oh, you're right. We good. do want to look good. It's really all about us in the end of the day. Yeah, obviously, I want to look good here because I'm wearing a Kentucky t-shirt from last year. So, obviously, this is pretty important. Pretty important. But to go along with that, yes, we do want our kids to work efficiently, and it makes the band better. It makes the director's lives a little bit less stressful when things are run smoothly. But there's like another layer to this. Right. I mean, we're we're not we're not churning out professional musicians. We're not churning out new band directors. I mean, there's 225 kids in this marching band. 224 are going to have different careers, probably, or all of them. But these skills that we're te- I don't even want to say we're teaching these skills because I don't I don't I mean we're we're encouraging experiencing. and we're experiencing and and they understand that things are better that things move smoother, that things are quicker, and that they can improve at a rapid pace when these expectations are set in place. And it's at the point, it's not at the point now, but maybe in a month it will be when they're ticked off when someone is not doing that because they're like, stop. And they're not ticked off because that kid's not following the instructions. They're ticked off because it's slowing them down. And so we're trying to get these kids to have a a standard for themselves that is high but also we're giving them tools and experiences that they can take with them as they leave the doors of Concord High School. Boom. Yes, it makes our lives easier. Yes, we want them to have really good rehearsal techniques, but it's not about that. We're teaching the kid. Right. We're not teaching the music. Did I say that right? Right. We teach students through music. We don't teach... Yeah, 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 yeah. That's another Ken Smith thing he wrote. Say it again. We remember we don't teach music; we teach students through music. Boom. So, our fellow math teachers don't teach math; they teach students through mm-hmm. math. So we're teaching analytical skills and logistic or skills of logic yes. and reasoning, but then also trying to do the intrinsic, extrinsic. You know, so. Well, you guys just teach music, though, so it's, like, easy for you. It's, like, easier to do. Well, yeah, but it's easier. But remember, when, you know, if you teach music, you know if you're being effective or ineffective in a classroom. You you hear it. I mean, along with the football coaches and the volleyball coaches and the track coaches and the cheerleading coaches, sorry if I left anybody out, but... You're on full display for the community about what you're doing in your classroom, your gym room, or your rehearsal hall. And you're you're doing that, and then you're it's on public display. So, yeah, sure, everybody loves music. Everybody, you know, loves a good tune. But it's it's not all, you know, unicorns and rainbows. Now, I do want to throw, throw a bone to the uh, core classes. Because, I mean, I'm thinking back to my math class days. And it's been a while. I haven't taken sure. math since high school. But I always remembered a feeling like our teacher would give us, you know, a problem to solve and give us a chance to work through it on our own. And then maybe they catch us up or we we do it on our own and then they show us the answer. But there is kind of like some addictive feeling when you got that math problem right and you see it on the board and you're like, yes. And you're like, give me another. I got this. I got this. Give me another. And I'm not saying that's really inside out because it's, it's still kind of motivated by the math, maybe not more. But there are, there are hooks that you can get kids in, like I'm sure in every subject. Yes. And 
I remember I, I had a rock star math teacher in high school, and this was this was AP calculus, right? And this was all about the I don't even understand it anymore. The in, integrals and some, I mean it was like heavy duty stuff. If I was 16 right now, I could tell you more, but it's been a while. He would do a great job at relating that to the real world because the average high schooler is like, why are we learning calculus? Like, I'm never going to use this again in my life. Did I ever use calculus again in my life? Absolutely not. But I really appreciate what he did in that room. And I swear to you, I was seeing, I remember like driving and seeing my, my speedometer move and the accelerator. And I'm like thinking of the, what the graph would look like in my head, just because he like made me so into it. Not that I really like enjoyed it or geeked out about it, but he forced me to understand like he didn't give me a choice and I saw it everywhere. And that, I think that's like a little bit of insight out there is just because he, he made it so tangible Mm -hmm. and I would not call AP calculus anything tangible, but he made it that way. And there are rock star educators out there that I'm sure are doing that with everything. I'm sure there are English teachers right now just taking a book like a, like John Steinbeck something yeah. and just going through all these metaphors. Right. And there's there's high schoolers going, oh, my gosh. That's I never like, knew it I was never, there. I'm uncovering that's all That's amazing. Stuff. Right. And, and that stuff's out there. And to the educators listening, I am not preaching that I am an inside-out teacher. I am not saying I am a pro. I'm saying I chase it. I sure. want I want that to be there. And that's like a lifelong journey, I'm sure, oh and I'll never figure gosh. it out. But I enjoy the I enjoy the puzzle right. of it. And I, I like trying to figure all that stuff out. And we have we have so much time in front of kids every day and I don't I could not do my job. I would not want to do my job if I was only teaching notes and rhythms. Right. That would not be fun. Oh boy. We should start a podcast. We should start a podcast. There there is something there is something though about helping students. Maybe you just kind of touched on this a second ago about calculus, is that when you got that problem right and then you wanted to come back to it again and get it right again. And then you want you saw it again and you wanted to get it right. And there's like this this system that your obviously your your motivation kind of got turned on. Mm-hmm. And it's like that teacher, think of how effective those teachers are that are where those students are coming back for more yes. and more instead of like dragging them back to the band room or dragging them back to the math lab that those students are like starting to chew on that stuff and like what a wonderful thing to have students at that level. So it seems like the key is experiencing success. That's the hook. That is. Right? And it makes me think of video games and video game designers. Sure. And those guys have um, a little, I don't want to say less job security, but if a game fails, like no one's making any money, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but designing levels like that, I mean, that's that's scaffolding at its finest. Sure. Right. And scaffolding is our educational buzzword of kind of layering things that we teach to make everything achievable the first try. Yeah. But it increases in difficulty. So from step one to step seven, by the time you get to step seven, you're doing a whole lot, and it's impressive. And you can't start at step seven 
without hitting one through six in that order. So if you think of video games, they usually start out with some sort of tutorial, but you don't even know you're in a tutorial. You're just being successful. You're just you're having fun. You're like you're like oh this is fun. Swiping, I just, pushing this button, yeah, this trigger, boom, 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 right? headshot. Yeah, I don't know. Right, headshot. <laughs> So, so that's the idea. But I mean, those guys like that, that's monetizing because it, it creates a sense of addiction to come back and get better and better. Sure. Where I remember when I was like 13, I played Halo for the first time with like four dudes that have already had it for three months. And I just like right. got killed for sure. And I never want to sure. play again. <laughs> exactly. So what we, what we can try to aim for in our classroom is just getting kids successful at something. Gosh, that is like, that's really good though. It, the hook is being successful. That's what. That's the return key. Yes. That's, that gets you coming back, to be successful, and to you know, foster those emotions you know of happiness and satisfaction and joy. It's good. Excitement. And and today, just to kind of give you a glimpse of what we were working on in our in our full marching band, we kind of are, are introducing the concept of marching in time. But um, our our director Scott Spradling was like totally in it with the kids today and it's like sure. totally fun to watch it he's putting on jams yep and it's it's songs the kids know right i mean i don't really know them but right. they're, but they're they're doing like left right left right yeah they're just standing in place and moving left right right and, and doing some slight aerobic things like clapping or putting their arms out and they're doing something like that and he's he's hardly given many instructions because it's just doing he, i'm doing he's doing he's doing it and he's going for big and they're buying in and they're like Okay, this is cool. I'll do it. And they're having fun with it. Right. And and he he did scaffold it and it's fun to watch. It was like, okay, left, right, let and they do that. And then they start moving forward two steps and then back two steps. But again, he's not really saying to do it. He's just he says, one, two, ready, and they go. Sure. And they then they add a clap on beat one. And you look around at the faces, whether it's freshman or senior, they're digging it. Yep. They're digging it and they're having fun. And it's just it if I was if I was like from a different school and walking in here, I'd be like, "Oh, this is this is cool." I want he's to got this. something going on. I want to be a part of this. So you're right. Every student experience success, get them hooked. Then they come back the next day, and then they experience success again. They're going to keep coming back, and that's it's really cool to watch when the system is working. And in your words from the other episode, you could like maybe gets be unemployed for a second because the kids can get they can just do the it kids can go to the next level that's like the ultimate goal right it is. and to let them let them fly and they probably don't even realize it and that's even more beautiful like they don't even realize they don't how, know. how much they've they've grown up but i think then looking to the future that's when you get to talk to students down the road yes and saying I have really fond memories of that time and that really stuck with me this activity or this lesson or this thought you know that some of that stuff sticks yes. and some of those the way we um, run our life or we had, we choose to interact with people those kind of things stick so um, yeah I think this is a good shout out for music education but also I think it's a shout out for you know how do we how are we human and how do we kind of bring others along? It's true. And I think something that can kind of maybe wrap this all around for this idea of inside out is what the kids say when they come back after they've, after they've graduated and moved on. And, and the things that they say, like as you were talking about, that they do remember and stick with it. Um, 
I think for all of our kids, whether that was through marching band, jazz band, concert band, the first thing they talk about is the people. Yep. They're not, they're not, hey, remember Measure 42 from 2013 when we had 16th? No, they'll, they'll never talk about that. They'll, they'll, they'll remember how they feel. They'll remember, oh, man, I remember when we hit that at Lucas Oil Stadium and yeah. we did the plie and that was so cool. We right. nailed that. Right. And that's, that's the C. And the seas, there the seas are different in all of those pockets. Yes, but it's that's that's like an encouraging thing is when the kids come back and they want to remind you that you took them to see the sea. Yep, took them a different place or helped them get there. Yeah, that's that's, that's a good one. That's really cool. So we need to call this episode Inside Out. Is that okay? Are you going to get offended that we used your jazz band thing? No. This one? Okay. That's good. I don't think it's trademarked yet, so. No, it's not. So? So, yeah, there. we could do it. We could come back to that someday, but come back to Inside Out because there, there's more. Maybe that could be our um, PD thing for this year. Inside Out? Inside Out. Yeah. Um, if you're listening, Concord Technology Educators, We'd like to host. We'd like to present again. We would, but we need a five hundred percent raise from five hundred percent raise. Yeah, ah, just kidding. We'll keep doing it. Um, but that does kind of go in with the teaching trifecta, like this idea of inside out. Like, I, I mean, that's that's knowing your students. Oh, and knowing your teaching, right? Knowing your teaching, and probably not as much into the specific music side of things. Mm-hmm. But this one is a little bit more heavy and the teaching and to know the students what the new students want and the students might their boat one student's boat might look different from another boat C and C same idea Um, yeah that's that's good I would I want to talk about this again that's good I'll listen to this podcast I'm going to listen to it because I have to edit it okay so this is episode 4 this is episode 4 and you're listening probably on Apple or on Spotify right so however you found us Thanks for finding us. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Especially if you made it this far. If you made it this far. You're committed. Right. So we appreciate you doing that. We would also appreciate if you would give us like a rating or a review. Preferably positive. But if you have negative things to say, that's fair. That's fair. You do your thing. You do your thing. We're we're adults. We can handle it. Right. We're we're kind of in um, experiencing this journey together. We actually, I don't think we know what the C is. Just kind of having fun talking about things educationally. The podcast? The podcast. The podcast C. The podcast C. That's good. Right? Podcast I mean, C. that's, you know, and then how we're getting there. That Probably <laughs> by a boat. We're, <laughs> I don't bu- know. we're building the boat because we, we just want to continue to have fun doing this. Yes. And I think we're kind of interested to see if this could um, spark some discussions or some feedback or some... Um, yeah, interviews or any kind of community discussion. I think that's where it would be really fun. Absolutely. Um, to get a little buzz going about it. And not that it has to be like 10 billion followers. I just think it would be fun to have people in the mix talking about things. Yes. And especially things that are like student centric yes. or, or growth. And, and you don't even have to be a teacher to, I don't think, find something out of this. But just... Yeah. I mean, this idea of just pushing, pushing people relationships and, and yes. achieving something really strong. Um, 
So if you haven't, if you have not followed us on a podcast site, Apple or Spotify, please hit that follow button. Helps us out a lot. And if you're on Instagram, check us out at chops underscore podcast, where we will post episode updates. You can see reels of us. Yes. Um, this week we'd be in a practice room, so that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. And and they're pretty good. We had some. We had a good view count on the one from yesterday. That was cool. We did. We did. It was positive. Fascinating. I don't know. We got like eighty followers, eighty something. We're. I mean, we're basically blowing up. So you could be one of the first. You could be like hipster and be like, I remember when they just started. When we're well, like, when we get our merch too. Oh, dude. Pod right chops. Chops hashtag DS Alcoda. I bring that one back. We're bringing it. And if you want to merch for this week's episode, just put your shirt on inside out. Classic. Okay, right. so we're about at the end of our time. And so for Steve Peterson and Jack Hinkle, we are out of here. <laughs>